Hello, before we get to Jack and Annie, um, I would like to say that I am a kindergarten teacher and I have not had my hair cut since October of 2019 because of the pandemic. In order to raise money for the San Antonio Food Bank, my kindergarten class is going to cut my hair. On June 1st, for the first time in over a year and a half, five and six-year-olds are going to give me whatever haircut they decide they think I need. We are doing this to raise money for the food bank. If you are in a position in your life where you can afford to donate as little as $5, as much as you are able to, um, we would love it. We are trying to make a difference in the world. You can go to the website my.safoodbank.org slash Mr. Mr. Jason my.safoodbank.org slash Mr. Jason. There's a picture of me on that site. You can donate there. There's information about my class and all of that stuff. So anyways, that is it. I'm done taking up your time. On to Jack and Annie. Thank you. I would like to dedicate this book to Ronin. Magic Treehouse number 30, Hurricane Heroes in Texas by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, Lone Star State. Jack and Annie sat on their front porch. They were waiting for their mom to take them to baseball practice. Tap, tap, tap. Raindrops spattered on the porch steps. A strong breeze shook the tree leaves. Uh-oh, said Annie. Do you think a storm is coming? I can't tell, said Jack, looking up at the clouds. Sorry, kids, their mom called from inside. Coach Dave just emailed. No practice today. Darn, said Jack. That's okay, said Annie. Now we can go to the woods. The woods, said Jack. Why? I woke up with a feeling, Annie said in a hushed voice. Something really important is going to happen today. I thought it was baseball practice, like maybe I'd hit a home run or something. But now, she smiled at Jack. Really? You think? He said. Yes, hold on. I'll get our stuff. Annie hurried inside. A moment later, she returned with two small umbrellas and Jack's backpack. She handed over the pack and one of the umbrellas. Mom says as long as there's no thunder and lightning, we can take a walk. Great, said Jack. He pulled on his pack. To the woods, to the treehouse, said Annie. Jack and Annie opened their umbrellas and headed out into the rain. They ran down the sidewalk, across the street, and into the misty Frog Creek woods. Raindrops fell softly as they hurried between the trees, the air smelled of wet leaves and damp earth. Finally, Jack and Annie came to the tallest oak in the woods. Yay, Jack whispered. Annie laughed. Glad it rained today? Totally, said Jack. He and Annie folded their umbrellas and climbed up the rope ladder. The magic treehouse was dry and shadowy inside. A book was lying on the floor. A purple leather bookmark was sticking out from between the pages. Lying on top of the book was a necklace. It had a thin gold chain and a glass star. The star was no bigger than a penny. It gave off a soft yellow glow. Wow, a little star, said Annie, picking up the necklace. I wonder what it's for. Yeah, and where are we going, asked Jack. He picked up the book. The cover showed a red, white, and blue flag with one big star. The title said, A History of Texas, the Lone Star State. Great! Back to Texas, said Jack. I love Texas, said Annie. Remember when we met Slim and saved Dusty's colt? Yup, Jack said in a low voice. Annie laughed. 
Jack was imitating their cowboy friend, Slim. Jack turned to the page with the purple bookmark. He and Annie looked at an old black and white photo of a city by the ocean. Galveston, Texas, read Annie. I've heard of that city. Me too, said Jack. Did Morgan leave us a note? I don't see one, said Annie. Is anything written on the back of the bookmark? Jack turned the bookmark over. Yes, he said. Tiny writing was painted on the leather. He read aloud. The place you must go on this late summer day is an island in Texas between gulf and bay. We're here to help, is what you must say. Seek high ground now. Do not delay. Jack looked up. Why do people need help, he asked, and why should they seek high ground? Good questions, said Annie. Keep reading. Jack read the next part. For those in the dark, adrift and astray, a single bright star can show them the way. So that must explain this, said Annie. She held up the necklace with the star. But it's so small, said Jack, and it's not really bright. How can it show the way to anything? Go on, read the last part, said Annie. Jack read the last lines of the rhyme. Learn from a hero who is humble and brave, who welcomes the hundreds arriving on waves. What does that mean? asked Jack. I don't know, said Annie. Let's go to Texas and find out all the answers. She hung the star necklace around her neck. Wait, do we have our Pennsylvania book to help us get back home, said Jack. They looked around the treehouse. There, said Annie. She pointed to the Pennsylvania book in a shadowy corner. Okay, all set, said Jack. He placed his finger on the picture of Galveston, Texas. I wish we could go there, he said. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still, absolutely still. Chapter two, welcome to Galveston. Tap, tap, tap. Soft rain fell on the roof of the treehouse. A gentle breeze shook the tree leaves outside. Old-fashioned clothes, said Annie. She and Jack were both wearing stockings, leather shoes, and shirts with sailor collars. Annie wore a cotton skirt, and Jack wore knee pants. Their two small umbrellas had changed into one large black umbrella with a bamboo handle. Jack's backpack was now a thick canvas knapsack. We wore clothes like these when we went to San Francisco in 1906, said Jack. Maybe we've come to the same time. He and Annie looked out the window. The treehouse had landed in a spreading oak tree in someone's backyard. From the window, Jack and Annie could see all the way across the city of Galveston. They saw wooden houses, fancy-looking mansions, stables and barns, horse buggies, and street trolleys. This could definitely be the early 1900s, said Annie. No cars or trucks anywhere. Right, said Jack. He pulled out their Texas book and found Galveston in the index. He read aloud. The city of Galveston, Texas, was built on a long, narrow island between the Gulf of Mexico and Galveston Bay. Exactly what our rhyme says. An island in Texas between Gulf and Bay, said Annie. Jack kept reading. In the late 1800s, Galveston was the third busiest seaport in the United States. Ships from all over the world docked there. The thriving city had almost 40,000 residents. It was also a popular tourist resort. That's us. A couple of tourists, said Annie. Come on, let's explore the city. Okay, said Jack, but the main thing we have to do is find the people Morgan wants us to help. Jack put their Texas book in his knapsack. Annie grabbed their old-fashioned umbrella. 
Wow, this is heavy, she said. Toss it to the ground, Jack said. Annie lowered the long folded umbrella out the window and dropped it. Then she and Jack climbed down the rope ladder. As they stepped onto the soggy grass, the rain fell harder. Jack picked up the umbrella and opened it. It was heavy and awkward, but its black canopy easily covered both of them. Hey, people are home in that house, said Annie. Hear them? Not far from the oak tree was a blue house with a wide front porch. It was set about five feet off the ground on brick pillars. From an open window came the cries of a baby and then a woman's voice singing. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mockingbird. She has a pretty voice, said Annie. Yeah, but let's hurry out of her yard before she discovers us and the treehouse, said Jack. Holding the huge umbrella over them, Jack walked with Annie to the gate of an iron fence. Then they slipped out of the yard onto a street. Look, we're on Avenue L, said Jack, pointing to a street sign. When it's time to get back to the treehouse, we'll need to come back here. Got it, said Annie. Blue house, iron fence, Avenue L. Rain pelted their umbrella as Jack and Annie started down the avenue. The street was lined with spreading oaks and wooden houses. Nearly all the houses had wide front porches and were set on brick pillars. Small children were playing in rain puddles. A gust of wind nearly ripped the umbrella out of Jack's hands. The wind blew the rain sideways, soaking their clothes. A horse and buggy clattered past and mud spattered their shoes and stockings. Yikes, let's get inside somewhere, said Annie. Good idea, said Jack. Jack and Annie walked faster until they turned the corner of Avenue L and 25th Street. Heading down 25th, they passed a blacksmith shop, a shoemaker, and a hat maker. Annie stopped in front of the Lone Star Cafe. Should we go in there, she asked. Yes, said Jack, and he closed their huge umbrella. A bell jangled over the door as Jack and Annie entered the crowded cafe. The warm, damp room smelled of coffee and bacon. Jack and Annie sat at a table near a rain-streaked window. They watched others hurry into the cafe, men in cowboy boots and suits and women in flowered bonnets and long skirts. Everyone seemed cheerful as they shook the rain from their umbrellas and hats. So who exactly are we supposed to help in Galveston, said Jack, and where's high ground? I'll ask, said Annie. She turned to a gray-haired couple at the table next to them. Excuse me, where is high ground in Galveston? High ground is that way, missy, said the elderly man, pointing to the right. We call it uptown. The lowest ground is along the strand, said the woman in a squeaky voice. She pointed to the left. It's the street that runs besides the gulf. But that's a funny question. You're not from here, are you? No, we're tourists from Pennsylvania, said Annie. Well, welcome to Galveston, said the woman. Thanks, said Annie. She turned back to Jack. One question answered. Good, but we have more, he said. He pulled out their Texas book and read softly to Annie. By the end of the 1800s, many considered the island city of Galveston to be the leading city in Texas. Its port was filled with ships. Its hotels and restaurants were filled with tourists. Its neighborhoods had nice homes and schools. The city seemed to have everything. Sounds like a great place, said Annie. Jack kept reading, but one day all that changed. Uh-oh, said Annie. Jack read on. On September 8, 1900, Galveston suffered the worst natural disaster in U.S. history. 
a deadly storm, later known as the Great Galveston Hurricane, swept across the island. Oh man, said Jack. A scary thought came to him. His heart started to pound. What's today's date? He asked. Annie turned back to the couple. Excuse me again. Do you know today's date? She asked. September 8th, the woman said with a friendly smile. 1900? Jack asked. Why, yes, you didn't know that? The woman asked. Jack just shrugged. His mouth was suddenly so dry he could hardly speak. He looked back at Annie. Her eyes were huge. We got here just in time, Annie whispered. Right, said Jack, for the worst natural disaster in U.S. history. Chapter 3, Seek High Ground. It doesn't look like a day for a huge disaster, said Annie. Outside the cafe, people were clinging to their wind-blown umbrellas, but no one looked scared. Some even laughed as a man chased his cowboy hat down the sidewalk. At the cafe counter, a policeman was eating a sandwich and joking with a waitress. He didn't seem worried. No one seemed worried. Customers were cheerfully chatting with each other or reading newspapers. What does the newspaper say? asked Annie. I'll check, said Jack. He jumped up and grabbed a copy of the Galveston Daily News from an empty table. He sat back down and scanned the front page. Near the bottom was a small headline, Storm in the Gulf. Listen, Jack said to Annie. He read aloud, The awaited Gulf storm has moved north over Cuba. The Weather Bureau reports no new information about the storm's movements. Most likely, it changed course before reaching Texas. Jack put down the paper. That's so wrong, he said. It's heading straight for Galveston. I don't get it, said Annie. Why doesn't the Weather Bureau know that a terrible hurricane is coming? I guess because in 1900, they didn't have radar or satellites, said Jack. They didn't have computers or TV or weather apps or, okay, got it, said Annie. Jack picked up their book again. His heart was racing as he read aloud. On September 8th, Galveston was completely unprepared for a terrible hurricane. For eight hours, raging winds and water rushed across the island. Thousands of lives were lost in the storm surge. Thousands of lives? That's terrible, said Annie. What's a storm surge? It's when high winds push the ocean water over land, Jack said. He kept reading. Seawater from both the gulf and the bay covered the whole island. Those who fled to higher ground had a better chance of surviving. Many found safety in tall, sturdy buildings such as the Tremont House Hotel and the Ursuline Academy. Morgan's message makes perfect sense now said Annie. We have to help people. We literally have to tell them to seek high ground now and do not delay. She turned back to the elderly couple at the next table. Excuse me, but we have information that a powerful hurricane is coming here today. She said, everyone needs to seek high ground or go to the Tremont house, Jack said, or the Ursuline Academy. The woman smiled at them. You're both so sweet wanting to help everyone. We're expecting a bad storm, not a hurricane, she said. She's right, the man said, and we're used to bad storms here. That's why many of our houses are raised up on pillars. It keeps the floodwaters from coming in. Jack just nodded. Okay, thanks, he said. He didn't know what else to do. He couldn't show them a book from the future. Jack, we have to tell someone in charge, Annie said. How about that policeman? 
He should be the one to warn everyone. Okay, said Jack. Jack put their Texas book into his knapsack. Annie grabbed their umbrella. They hurried over to the policeman. Excuse me, sir, said Annie. We have reliable information that Galveston is about to have the worst natural disaster in U.S. history. That's right, sir, said Jack, trying to sound calm. Everyone needs to seek higher ground or find shelter in tall, sturdy buildings. The jolly-looking policeman grinned. And where did you kids get your information? He said, um, someone told us, said Jack, someone really smart. Well, shame on them for scaring you, the policeman said. I spoke to our local weatherman this morning. He said we're going to have strong winds and some bad rain, but nothing more. But he's wrong, sir, said Annie. We're telling you the facts. I don't want you to worry, little girl, the policeman said kindly. Why don't you go have fun with all the young folks down on the Strand? They're having a grand time watching the big waves roll in. I was just down there. Annie whirled back to Jack. The Strand, she said. That's the lowest ground. Oh, no, said Jack. We have to warn them. Thanks for the tip, Annie said to the policeman. Then she and Jack raced out into the driving rain. Water was rushing down the sidewalk. Jack struggled to open their huge umbrella, but the wind yanked it from his hands and carried it down the block. Oh no, there goes the umbrella, said Jack. That's okay, said Annie. We're already soaking wet anyway. With the rain pounding them, Jack and Annie started down 25th Street toward the Strand. The storm's getting bad, shouted Annie. And it's going to get a lot worse, said Jack. The wind pushed them down the street to the waterfront. Clam shacks, candy stores, and gift shops lined the boardwalk along the strand. A crowd of sightseers, young and old, stood on the beach, cheering the huge waves. The waves hit a long pier, and seawater shot into the air. The water splashed against the bathhouses on the pier, where swimmers changed their clothes in sunny weather. Annie and Jack dashed across the strand of the beach. Listen, everyone, shouted Annie. You're all in danger. A huge storm surge is coming. Leave the beach. Run to high ground, shouted Jack. Now, now, uptown, yelled Annie. Go uptown, now. Jack and Annie both yelled as loudly as they could, but no one seemed to hear them over the roar of the waves. Jack moved closer to the crowd. Listen, listen, everyone, he yelled. A terrible storm is coming. The worst natural disaster in U.S. history. Jack! Annie screamed. Jack, look! The storm surge! Jack turned around. Out at sea, the waves were gigantic. The storm surge had begun. Chapter 4, The Flood The giant waves slammed over the pier. They completely destroyed the bathhouses. Their broken wooden planks crashed into the sea. The people on the beach screamed. They tried to flee from the incoming waves. Jack and Annie ran with the crowd of people across the strand to the boardwalk. The surging waves rolled after them. Seawater swept over the beach and across the strand. It covered the boardwalk and flooded the shops. Jack and Annie began wading with the crowd up 25th Street. The water was knee-deep and rising fast. People rushed out of flooded stores and houses. They carried pets, children, and suitcases. They joined the others heading toward higher ground. Jack saw a toddler slip from a man's shoulders into the churning seawater. Jack grabbed the boy and pulled him out of the water. Thank you, the boy's father cried. Are you alone? Do you need help? No, thanks, shouted Jack. Buddy, 
Bailey, a girl screamed. Her two small dogs had slipped out of a basket. Jack and Annie scooped up the dogs before the water could sweep them away. They carried them back to the girl. Thank you, she cried as they handed her the trembling dogs. Help, someone yelled. An old man was clinging to a lamppost, fighting the wind. Jack and Annie each put an arm around him. He pointed to a young woman, and Jack and Annie helped him wade through the water to her. Thank you, the woman yelled. Do you need help? We're fine, said Annie. Jack and Annie forged on through the wind, rain, and rising seawater, helping anyone they could. Roof shingles and tiles flew off houses. Shutters flew off windows. A fierce gust of wind knocked Jack and Annie over. They fell into the flood water. They struggled to get back on their feet. They fell again. They got up again. They used all their strength to keep moving. The street was like a river now. The seawater was above their waists and still rising. Avenue L, shouted Jack, pointing at a sign. That's where the treehouse is. It's a safe place to be for now. Okay, said Annie. We can climb up and figure out how to be more helpful. As others kept moving on 25th Street, Jack and Annie turned onto Avenue L. The avenue was flooded now too. They pushed past barrels, boards, and branches. Wreckage floated everywhere. There's the fence, said Annie. The top of the iron fence barely showed above the floodwater. The blue house was still standing. The tree house was still in the oak tree. Jack and Annie hauled themselves over the iron fence and swam toward the oak. They grabbed low branches and clung to them. Jack looked around. The rope ladder was missing. It's up there, said Annie. The wind had blown the ladder over a branch. It was much too high to reach. As Jack and Annie clung to the tree, lightning flashed in the sky. Thunder boomed. More wreckage floated past. Shingles, shutters, and fence posts. A big wooden door crashed into the tree trunk, barely missing Jack and Annie. We've got to get away from here, yelled Jack, before we get hit by lightning or something crushes us. Look, someone's waving, cried Annie, from the porch of the blue house. A tall, thin woman was calling to them from her dry porch. The woman held up a coil of rope. She beckoned to Jack and Annie and shouted. Jack couldn't understand her words. She wants to help us, said Annie. She waved back at the woman. The woman threw the rope out to them. The end floated on the water near the oak tree. Annie plunged into the floodwaters. Jack followed. They both grabbed the rope. The water was up to their necks. They held the rope tightly to keep from being swept away by the current. The woman on the porch pulled them toward the house. Hanging onto the rope, Jack and Annie slowly plowed through the water. When they reached the steps, they dragged themselves up to the porch. The woman dropped the rope and opened her front door. Come in, she cried. She pulled Jack and Annie into her house. Then she slammed the door against the storm. Chapter 5, Rose and Lily. Jack and Annie staggered into the house. They were both shaking. Their shoes and stockings were gone. Their wet clothes were torn. You poor children, cried the woman. I was waiting for my husband to arrive. I saw you clinging to that tree. Come sit in my parlor. Don't worry about the furniture. Rest. Dry out. You're safe now. Thanks. Thanks, stammered Annie. Yeah, thanks, breathed Jack. He and Annie followed the woman from the entrance into a lovely sitting room. They sat down on a sofa and tried to catch their breath. I'll get you some towels and blankets, the woman said. As she hurried from the parlor, the wind howled and rattled the door. Rain pounded the windows. 
Jack thought the hurricane sounded like a monster trying to break into the house. He remembered the giant waves attacking the pier, tearing apart the bathhouses. I still have our necklace, Annie said, panting. Good, good, said Jack. He had his knapsack too. He looked inside. The Texas book was ruined. Before he could tell Annie, the woman came back, carrying towels and two quilts. She handed the towels to them, and Jack dried his hands and face and hair. Then the woman wrapped one quilt around Jack and one around Annie. My name is Rose, the woman said, sitting down. You must tell me who you are. I'm Annie, and he's my brother, Jack, said Annie. We're visiting from Pennsylvania. We just escaped from the waterfront, said Jack. The waves got super high, said Annie. So where are your mother and father, said Rose. There, there, Jack didn't know what to say. They're at the Tremont House Hotel, Annie said quickly. I know they're safe. Oh, but they must be so worried about you, said Rose. I wish they knew you were safe and sound with me. A baby started crying upstairs. That's my daughter. I'll be right back, said Rose. She hurried up the stairs. Rose is so nice, Annie said, and she's really strong. She pulled us both in. Right, said Jack. He was relieved to be in Rose's nice house, but he was worried about the others, still out in the storm. We have to help more people, he said. I know, said Annie. We'll just rest here for a minute and figure out what to do. Rose came into the room with the baby in her arms. Lily, meet Jack and Annie, she said. Lily looked like she was about a year old. Hi, Lily, said Jack and Annie together. Lily stared at them with huge brown eyes. She had dark curly hair and rosy cheeks. She's so cute, said Annie. The howling wind scared her, said Rose as she sat down with the baby. So, what did you see out there? Huge waves, said Jack with a sigh. They covered everything. The streets got flooded fast. Everyone was trying to escape. Oh my, said Rose. My husband, Lucas, should never have gone to work this morning. I told him. Where does he work? asked Annie. At a music store that's just off the boardwalk, said Rose. I've been expecting him to arrive home any minute. Rose stood up and walked to the window and looked out. The water's getting higher, she murmured. Lucas better hurry. Jack felt bad for her. He remembered the waves destroying the boardwalk. The wind shrieked. Thunder rumbled. Lily let out a wail. There, there, baby, don't cry, said Rose, gently rocking Lily in her arms. Think of this as a big adventure. A gust of wind shook the house. Lily kept crying. Hush, baby, hush. Papa will be home soon, said Rose. She started singing to Lily. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird don't sing, Papa's gonna buy you a diamond ring. Lily stopped crying and looked at Rose. Papa, she whimpered. He's not here now, darling, but he'll be home soon, said Rose. She turned to Annie and Jack. Lucas sings that song to her all the time. Rose looked out the window again. He would do anything to keep Lily and me safe. I don't understand why he hasn't come home yet. What can we do for you? asked Jack. You helped us, said Annie. We'd like to help you. Oh, you're both so kind and brave, said Rose. You sound like true Texans. She took a deep breath. I'm certain Lucas is fine. He's got to be fine. I'm certain he's fine too, said Annie. Suddenly, 
A huge blast of wind blew open the front door. Jack and Annie leapt up from the sofa. They rushed to the door and tried to push it closed. The wind pushed back. Jack felt water wash over his bare feet. He looked down. Seawater was streaming through the open door. Jack, look out, yelled Annie. The wind ripped the door off its hinges. Jack and Annie jumped out of the way as the door crashed to the floor. Seawater began pouring into the house.